Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at RyanRoxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another live stream. Yes, it is live stream episode of In the Trenches. I am your host, Ryan Roxy. What is happening? Wow, I'm back. I'm back at the North Pole. That's that's one. And uh, we just ended leg one of the Alice Cooper tour. Um, today is a very, not just a special episode because of our guest, but it also marks one of the first episodes that I have ever done without our trusted producer, Vic Chalfant. So you know what, folks? We got through the first 10 seconds. I, I was able to put the, you know, I was able to put the intro on. Let's see if I can manage the rest of the show. I do have uh, Federica there uh, manning the comments today. And uh, if you are listening to us on the audio broadcast, thank you very much for doing so. Uh, but where we really want you in is in the uh, live chat over at Ryan Roxy Official on the YouTube channel. Because here we go. There is a subscribe button somewhere down there. Hit it if you have not subscribed yet because you want to be part of this live chat that we have right now. Like I said, I'm not going to be able to watch any of the comments today because I'm going to be too busy trying to be producer, host, and, you know, I don't know, basically just a big ear listening to our guest. Shall we get into our guest, huh? Well, here we go. Our guest today can easily be described as a rock and roll survivor. As we all are here in the trenches, right? We're all pretty much survivors. I'm not sure entirely how we became friends. Maybe it's because we're both rock and roll survivors, or maybe it's because I wore his band's T-shirt during the School's Out Encore years ago. But uh, it's because his band has one of the most iconic band logos ever. Either way, I'm glad that we are connected in this crazy world of rock so we can sit here today and just shoot the shit. So, guess what? Enough of my yakking. Help me welcome into the trenches, guitarist, songwriter, and friend, Richie Rano. Hello, Richie. Hello, Richie. Hello, Richie. Did I come up? There, there I am. you are. Where am I now? Hold on. Hold on. I'll get us in. I'll get us both in. I'll get us both in. And here we, go. here we go. There we go. See, it's not that hard. Oh, you're a oh, wizard. <laughs> so that's like you're a wizard. Where are where are you coming to? What uh I'm what in, orbit uh, are you are you in right now? I'm in uh, Brazil. I just thought I'd say that Brazil, All but right. um, <laughs> I'm in uh, I'm in orbit. Four R's. We got four R's right here. Hi, Naomi. You are Ryan Roxy Richie Rano. R R R R. I love it. I didn't I didn't even think of it until we started. Oh, cheers, my uh, friend. How you been? I'm I am great. Hi, these people are over here saying hello. So. Uh, I'm saying hello back. Hi, Jackie. And hi, hi, Ryan. So, Ryan, I know how we originally met. I remember. That's I how I want to dive in. Yeah, how did I? Because I did wear the star shirt for many years on the School's Out Encore because it is you one did. of the most fucking you cool, did. cool, cool logos. In fact, folks, Something I mean, you, you know Richie, but you also know this. You know this logo, too, as well. We'll talk more about it later, but there he is. That's Richie's band, Stars, and uh, it has a lot of uh, similarities. It has a lot of power. It has a lot of influence in the world of uh, rock and roll. So a lot of people would say it's very influential, but much more influential is how we met. And how was Bryn it? Orange. Oh, you can't see the little flip thing, uh, the things there. The little uh, Bryn Orange just said hello. 
Okay. We're going from right. Flip. You ever hear the band Flip? F L I P P. Uh, Hollywood Records. They did a couple of albums. He's one of my very close friends. He's a brilliant, brilliant guitarist, songwriter, producer from Minneapolis. Hello, Flip. That's cool. All right. Yeah. This is the. So, this will be the Flip. That's the Flip sign. I think this is the Flip. <laughs> How did we meet? Where was the first time oh, we okay. talked? You're gonna you're gonna probably remember this. You and Jonathan were standing online waiting for Aerosmith, your Aerosmith passes at the arena, Meadowlands Arena in New Jersey. And you had electric angels jackets on. And I was with Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister and Jack Douglas, of course, the great producer who produced Aerosmith stars and you name it. And he actually produced uh, uh, Slash's Snake Pit, Ain't Life Grand, the record I play, I played uh, on as well. So, yeah, we, again, we have another in common thing. So. Yeah, so you guys were standing in front of me, so I commented on your logo or something like that, and you go, wow, Richie, we love stars, you and Jonathan. I said, oh, that's cool, and we just we bullshitted for a while, and then I didn't see or hear of you for like 20 years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good memory, man. That's yeah, a that's really like good memory. 91, I think, 91, 92, something like that. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely early 90s because I moved out back to Los Angeles and uh, started playing with Gilby, and then which eventually uh, led into the Alice Cooper gig in the early 90s. So, yeah, Meadowlands, I was thinking of what was that venue, and um, it was Aerosmith. Who was opening up that show? Was it Skid Row? Was it Nugent or Skid Row? It was, it's kind of like the international you know, bills that are still around today, man. I don't remember who actually opened. I really don't. Yeah. But I remember meeting you. Go figure. You and Jonathan. <laughs> and Jonathan did quite well for himself over the years. Jonathan Daniel was the bass player of Electric Angels, and now he manages, he's a mega mogul manager, managing a bunch of different types of bands, but every single one of them huge, whether yeah. it's Weezer, whether it's Fallout Boy, or whether it's Green Day, or whether it's Lourdes. Yeah. Lordy, it's it's she's like he's like all over the place yeah, with the bands, but they're all really really successful. He manages yeah. Train as well. Why is he? Why does he not manage Stars? Because I mean, one of the one of the gripes that you might have had throughout your whole entire career is crappy management. Well, yeah, and, I, and that's and that's every band, right? Every band. Yeah, has I don't. I don't want to like completely. You, you know, Bill, I, I really liked Bill very much. It wasn't a personal, it's not a personal thing. We were very good friends and we, uh, we didn't speak for a while because he ruined our career, but that's okay because he ruined it in conjunction with Capitol Records. So there was a lot of blame. Uh, you went down around. with the Titanic. You kind of yeah, went down with the whole a lot whole of blame. Thing spread around. But he, he was a great guy and, uh, and you know, he passed away, uh, it's about 11 years now. And, uh, I went right away, flew down to Florida and, you know, for his memorial and stuff. And uh, I have no bad feelings towards him, so I don't want to make it sound good. He just made some bad decisions. Uh, I think he was very tied up with Kiss at the time. And uh, Of course, we're talking about, see, this is where our producer would actually comb the Internet and stalk the Internet and find a picture of Bill LaCoin and put it up on the screen. And then we would, like, of course, well, talk about it. But now you have just said it. Do you have a picture of him right now in your no. wallet, perhaps? Okay. <laughs> I don't. But Bill, me, he managed, he managed, um, obviously kiss in the heyday. Yeah. Uh, now it's Doc McGee, but, um, and I don't know how we got off this tangent of talking about managers, but why not? Let's go off it. Um, but Bill coin managed stars as well. 
And that's the thing about um, every band, I think, no matter how close we are to our managers, we always feel that, or record labels, we always feel yeah. that they could do, we always feel that they can, they, they kind of screwed us over somewhere. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I could be specific, but it's not worth it. You know, it's here's the thing. I, I'll be specific. I feel like I've played in about a hundred bands, 98, you never heard of, but every band pretty much I played with has kind of been fighting and clawing and scratching. The only band that I was ever in where it was like, uh, record company darlings for a short window of time was Tal Bachman. And when I played in that, that, that project, it was like, you ask, you ask for some, you know, something small and you get something even larger. It was like, you got the whole world and all this that's in it. But, but most bands feel like you're fighting, scratching, crawling. And that's why I call the podcast in the trenches. And yeah. well, yeah, it's the, it's, it's, it's the case of a rock and roll band and, and where it all started for you where is on the East coast. You've always been East coast, but then for a short time you went Midwest well, and yeah. you know, I want to talk about Wisconsin and stuff, but yeah. you, you're a Jersey guy, right? From the beginning. Well, I, I was born in the Bronx and my family moved to Teaneck, New Jersey when I was six. And so I really have very few uh, recollections of uh, I, I, very few memories of the Bronx. I really, I, yeah, I was going to say, you don't have a very big Bronx tale. Yeah, no, I, ah. <laughs> I love that movie, by the way. Yeah, so I grew up, I'm a Jersey guy, but I did move out to Wisconsin for three years. And uh, that was a great experience, actually. That was a lot of fun. I loved it. Uh, but I left and uh, and here I am. Yeah. But the, Fred but the thing is, said, what started yeah. you with the guitar? What 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 initially gauge, what, it does smell funny in there. Oh. Does it smell funny in the studio or does it smell funny where you are? Yeah. Um, you can see it? or just in Jersey, I can see those comments. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I don't know what and you mean. If you want to go off on those, those tangents, you can, you, we can talk yeah. about scent and all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> I wanted to talk a bit, a little bit about what inspired you, uh, who the players were when you first started growing up that you were listening to and what got you into the guitar. Cause yeah. You know, uh, well, that's interesting. Uh, it's a good question. What what it was was I, I was always into music. So when I was a little kid, my my grandfathers, my two grandfathers were musicians. One was, but I never heard them play. They were already old and had stopped. One was a sax player. My mother was that was my mother's father, and my mother was very into music. Always had music on in the house, and I was just my brother and I grew up loving all kinds of music. And uh, so I played a clarinet, which was it's got to be the worst instrument that was ever created on the planet. Of all the woodwind instruments, it's definitely one of them. <laughs> well, I never got to the woodwind thing. I was playing the metal piece of crap, you know, and uh, it was horrible. Oh. I hated it. No, I didn't hate it. It was just music. But then I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and uh, I was like, I went, whoa, that's that's what I got to play, that guitar. I was just completely blown away by the Beatles. The next day I went and bought I Want to Hold Your Hand picture sleeve. I still got the record, the 45. And uh I said, I have to play the guitar. And that's what, that's what it was. Now, interestingly, the Beatles inspired me to play, but, and I play, like I do solo gigs and I'll play like, here comes the sun and a few others. And I do love, still love the Beatles, but the Beatles were just a stepping stone in music for me. And, and really for music itself, because if you think about it, they're really not influential. All they did was they influenced people to play, but who sounds like the Beatles? Nobody. Nobody sounds because like nobody people. can. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. It, 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 it's one of those things that I feel that 
it's hard to cover Beatles songs because who's going to do it better than the Beatles? Well, certainly Joe Cocker didn't, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, you know, but he from, did do some good covers too. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is you start off acoustic or electric. Uh, about a month of acoustic and my, uh, my guitar, I went through the first book, Alfred's basic guitar. And know that one. Alfred's yeah. Book of Chords, ML Bay Book of Chords, and then Alfred's Number One through yeah, like Alfred's Number One, Basic Number One. Uh, they didn't have Hal Leonard back then. That's what. I and that was I, before System Twelve, actually, folks. If you're out there uh, trying to learn guitar, it's before. Uh, it's when you took the the forty five and and you took the needle and you stuck it down on the vinyl there, and and you had to remember the spot that you wanted to learn. It was not none of this digital crap. But this what is was easy, the first yeah. song that you actually did uh, a scratch a record to? Not scratch, but drop it on the yeah. You drop yeah. The well, you eventually would scratch the record. Come on, Richie. Unless you're like a, an amazing DJ, I, I ended up ruining. Oh, I don't scratch the record. Yeah, how many? How many? Oh, yeah. like copies of of Van Halen one? Yeah, I yeah. ruined myself <laughs> yeah, trying to learn eruption. Yeah, destroyed you know? the vinyl. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's exactly right. I yeah, I was doing that, but um, well, so then, so it was the it was that cool, you know, Beatles animals loved all that stuff all that british invasion and and uh the ventures really was a major influence on how i played and i'm glad i learned from them because those guys were really great guitar players so then, um so then after high school you you tend to move you you go midwest well, where most mo, where most midwest people go to the coast they either go to la or go to new york you decided to go to wisconsin what was, I was on my way to san francisco i just stopped you stopped and you formed you well you formed nirvana you formed yeah, a power trio you formed the first power trio called bungee am i right yeah, well, bungee is how we pronounced it i'm sorry bungee okay. bungee it did you say tomato you say tomato it's an east coast west coast thing but okay bungee what does bungee mean well <laughs> be honest so, so here's what happened i was i had i, I was living out here obviously and there was no rock scene in new york city at all in uh, 1970 this was 1970 and and i had this gig at the metropole which was a exotic dancer bar and there'd be four girls with pasties and heels and a g-string on stage with a trio and people all these drunk crazy people smashing each other with bottles over their head metropole was on 42nd street in manhattan and uh, mm -hmm. I was doing that six nights a week. It can't still be there, though. It can't. No, I don't think so, no. <laughs> this was 1970. So uh, it had been a jazz club earlier, and then it turned into this horrible uh, low-life place. And uh, I was doing it for weeks and weeks, I don't know, a couple of months maybe. And um, these two guys walked in. One guy was from Wisconsin, and the other guy was from the Bronx. And they were listening to us play. And when I got done, they said, hey, uh, we're looking for a guitar player, and you'd be the perfect one. We're going back to Wisconsin where we have the rest of the band, <laughs> Kim Smith. And uh, he said, we have the rest of the band and, and it's there's kids everywhere going out. It's really great. Every city, there's kids going to these bars and it's a great rock scene. I said, all right, uh, come to my house. I'm living in Teaneck. Come to my house tomorrow. I gave the address. We'll jam a little bit and I'll see. So we jammed. They said, okay, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> We drove to Wisconsin, uh, wow. Appleton, Wisconsin, 
and I met yeah. these various people. And uh, the first night I was there, he said, you got to go to Oshkosh. Let's drive to Oshkosh. I said, there is such You're a basically place. saying the entire Alice Cooper tour routed this last leg. I think we played Oshkosh as we well. Played Oshkosh? And, oh, dude. Yeah, we, we, dude, there's no alphabet low enough for us to play. We play, you know, you talk about, we play the latter half of the alphabet. We're going the DEF markets. I love it. Well, I didn't even know that the town existed. I, I thought it was just, Hey, from here to Oshkosh or something like it just sounded like a joke name, but it was a real town. And we drove in around midnight and we parked our car. And these three guys came towards our car holding rocks. One guy was like six, seven. And as we got out of the car, the one guy said, it's a good thing that one guy's got an Afro or we were going to throw rocks at you. We thought you were the cops. And I said, what? Because I had said to my buddy who was driving, I said, I've never seen more people at midnight running around a town. Even Manhattan's not, as, not this lively. So I said, what's everybody doing here? Said, it's a student riot. So we had just gone right into the center of a student riot. He said, you better come with us right now. Get on the hill here. So I grabbed my acoustic guitar and the three of us went up on this hill with these three guys and we're hanging around and I'm playing acoustic guitar. And the big guy goes, you're pretty good. You got a band? I said, well, we're putting one together right now. He goes, I'll help you guys out. Well, you may know who this guy is. So I said, okay, you help us out. He was six, seven, which was good because people killed people with long hair in Wisconsin back in those days. So we had this guy helping us out. Your first manager. Yeah. So his name was called, he was called Jolly. Now Jolly, the Jolly, the green giant. Right. Of course. And he was a, he was a Vietnam vet and he named us, well, that group failed within three weeks and I put a new group together and he named it Bungie. Bungie stands for pot in Vietnam. That's what they would call pot Bungie. There so, you go. So we call ourselves Bungie. Now, Jolly is the head guy in Chicago for all the stage crews and stuff like that. And he was on the road after us. He was with Cheap Trick, Ozzy, Sticks, Sticks. Yeah. Kansas, yeah. Uh, Ministry. And he's still he's connected. He's connected. So he's getting Bungie some gigs. He's helping. He's helping no, pull no, strings for no, Bungie. He was just, no, he was just our like our protector, lifting equipment, and when people would throw shit at us, he would go. You got a problem? Come here and kick the person in the face, you know. And uh, that was Jolly. <laughs> he wasn't now, our manager; he was just our be our guy, our best guy there. You got It's good to have guys like that. Well, then explain this picture. I think this comes from the Bungie era. Um, yeah. Now, was that who was the one with the afro that they were talking about? No, uh, the afro guy. Those guys that failed. That failed within three weeks. And then I met this guy right here. That same night that I met Jolly. That's John Perot. He was the bass player. And John and I are still good friends to this day. And uh, we put this trio together, me, John, and we had a, a kid playing drums. We were all very young and we did great, man. We were great. It was a fun band. I still have recordings from it. And, did one know. of them, did one of their parents own a tanning salon? That's What's my that? question. Did one of their parents own a tanning salon? And you guys, that was just one of the requirements of Bunky. <laughs> had to, yeah, no, had we to were be far, very, very tan. We were I actually mean, in Ocean City, Maryland for the summer that, that summer. And that's why we were so tan. Damn. <laughs> yeah, we were a hell tan. of a spray tan, dude. That, that, that almost looks Jersey spray tan. Or, or yeah. almost UK orange. I love it. Yeah. So, so that moves on. So Bunky, were you always the... Uh, pretty much the spokesman leader because i was 
watching some um, interviews today on on the old YouTube, some old school, you know, ones that they put up from like the local news, and and then they transfer it over to videotape, and then they transfer it over to some where digital. You always have seemed to be the sort of spokesperson for bands. I'm a I'm an outgoing person, and you know, kind of that's the way I am. But you know, here's how I here's it took me many many years to figure this out. Alex Kane, your buddy of mine, who we figured it out. See, here's what it is, and you're going to know this because you're a guitar player. So the guitar player, that's the hardest instrument to play. Let's be honest, right? Singing, I'll buy that. Singing is just it's a gift. You know, you just get up, you sing, you got it. Drums, that's you know, I always thought every drummer was a moron, but it's not true. They're really very bright people, as it turns out. But yeah. going way back, I thought they were kind of stupid. Nine times out of ten, they write the best songs. And they usually play guitar better than you. Well, listen, I learned that drummers are actually the most important guy in the band. Okay, so <laughs> it took me a while, but I, I figured it out. So, right. so, uh, so we have the hardest instrument to learn. We have the hardest instrument to play. The bass player just plays one note, and then uh, we like spend all this time learning guitar. So we have, we're like more. Um, industrious and not entrepreneurial but maybe you could even say that so we always seem to be the the guitar player always seems to lead the band for that reason it's a personality defect that we have okay my theory alex and i agree to this we can be like uh i call it a social talent and 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 even though it's the might be the hardest you might be right in being the hardest instrument to play i feel it's the easiest gig in the band because you don't have to worry about your throat being the right. main instrument. Yeah, you sing some gang vocals every once in a while. Yeah, you, you sing a copper really. harmony. Yeah, you can stop. Yeah. You can stop. They can't stop. <laughs> the drummer to stop. <laughs> you can you can leave early with yeah. just your guitar in your hand and let everybody else pack up the van. Whereas <laughs> if you're the drummer, you usually have to oh, own yeah. the van. Oh, the drummer and has so, a lot of work. <laughs> the drummer is a lot. Uh, listen, I thought you know, Doobie's like a genius. I don't know if you know that. He, our drummer from Stars, and I used to say, "Oh, you're just an idiot, Doobie. You're joking around with it." But seriously, the guy's an actual genius, and uh, he's he does architectural things where he designs cities. Like he's works for this international architectural company that, like, they're designing a section of a city, and Doobie's in charge of it. You know, Doobie's like a genius, and he's a drummer. Like like Sharon Stone level genius. I don't know. He's actually Sharon Stone's Stone. actually you know who Sharon Stone is. I, 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 don't, genius, I don't have to cross my legs, but she's actually uh she's actually gauged as a genius as far as their, their I, IQ. I, I just Very, love her the way she looks. There you go. We all do. <laughs> Listen, I got to be really good friends with a lot of great drummers like John Tempesto. God, he's like one of the most amazing drummers on earth. Eric Singer, another one. Just like these great, great drummers in there. So it's, I was way wrong about my. Please don't call Eric Singer a genius, though. What's that? Just don't, just don't call Eric Singer a genius. <laughs> he's not a genius, but I think he's a great drummer. <laughs> Doobie's a genius. I don't know about any of these other guys being genius, <laughs> but they're all great drummers. Then, uh, and I, I'm, Ricky Rocket's a great drummer. I was on the phone with him yesterday, actually, for like a half an hour. And, well, uh, Hopefully everything's going well with Doobie. I just, you know, Kip Smith, your good friend, who I'm going to bring up a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, he he gave his well wishes to Doobie, and everybody's doing all right. Hopefully, uh, well, he's yeah. uh, he's slowly, you know, making his uh, his comeback from his uh, his yeah. 
affliction there that he had. I don't know if he wants anybody wants us to talk about it. It's uh, I'm not gonna talk about. It. Just wish him well. All right. Yeah. And just and just and then that, and that's basically all the all, all our friends and fans are are sort of behind him. You know, um, life life can change in a in a in a minute. You know. Yeah. And, no uh, doubt. Yeah. As as you know. Dave Chappelle almost found out two days ago when we were just talking about that before the podcast, how much like these things can like just events now in today's world can change. Like, at, at, you know, look at the last two and a half years for us, man. Oh my I mean, God. Us getting out there and working at like, did you think that we were going to be able to start touring again, just like the old days when this pandemic thing started or did well, you think it was over? I did think it was going to be over forever, but it's still not normal. It's, it's much better. Like for example, and I wanted, I know you're supposed to be interviewing me, but I'd like to interview you for a second. I got to tell you that Alice Cooper show uh, I went to um, a couple of months ago, I guess it was, what was that? Newark pack center there. Yeah. That was, that was leg one. Yeah. I've seen you, you with the band uh, at least five times now. And I'm a big Alice Cooper fan going way, way back when, uh, I was in stories and we actually played with Alice and I, but I've been an Alice Cooper fan since that first uh, Warner brothers album, you know, uh, 18 on it, that album. And uh, love it to I, death. Just love, I just love Alice Cooper and, and he's such a nice guy besides, but that has nothing to do with it. It's just, I love the music. So I've seen you guys five times. I have to tell you this last time was so incredible. It rates among the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. And I'm, serious about it i couldn't believe it well, I and i want to know it, if i can get one of those giant baby heads for myself <laughs> easily you know what dude just come to the show and you'll be in the show that's the thing <laughs> anybody if you step on our stage you're usually in the in the damn show um the thing is actually getting close enough to be in the show right now or be on stage with us these days because um we do have such a, a bubble and we're still tuning that way uh we're still we're we're still touring that way within the covid bubble and um yeah. you know we're we're, know we're doing our we're doing our best but but yeah i, I understand that that thing that you're saying well like, it is i could come backstage and say hello we had to talk on the phone yeah it makes things a little different is that is that your fan club calling or is that something that i'm just not hearing Nothing in my studio here. really Who's got the damn phone? Who's, all right, never mind. Maybe some of the people that are chatting right now. Wait a I, oh, all right, don't worry. It's all good. Oh, not my phone. All great audio and video. I'm getting really, the thumbs really, up. I, I can't tell you how impressed I was. It, the sound up front and the way you guys played. There's Eric. It is Eric Singer. Yeah, that's he's probably calling, saying what a what he's a, in Europe. What a genius is. He's in Europe right now. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm in Europe, but I'm yeah, at the tip of Europe. I don't I think know. Going Europe right now, aren't they? Probably no. I think Kiss is probably somewhere in South America. Yeah, oh, I think they're doing the final tour somewhere in South America. I, I don't know. I mean, um, you talked about the band stories, and um, basically, you moved back after uh, being in Wisconsin. Yeah, you years. ended up moving back to to Jersey, and that's uh, basically stories sort of fell into because you've you've auditioned and been the the guitar player um that's always gotten the gig in a bunch of different bands right yes except i didn't get the aussie gig but that's that story that not a lot of people know because who's the guy that they always say was um 
the the first guitarist of Ozzy after um, Randy's it was, passing. It was Bernie Torme, who, who was a pretty good friend of mine, uh, English guy, passed away a few years ago. What a sweet guy, man. Great guitar player, too. Uh, he only did one gig, though, because I guess he and Ozzy had some kind of conflict, from what I understand. But the thing is, you and Randy Rhodes, maybe it's the initials, Randy Rhodes... You know, Ryan Roxy, Richie, Ryan Roxy, Richie Rano. You uh, have to change Federica's first name to Roberta R- Raba. <laughs> you know what? There you go. It it's might be she's shaking her head. Yes. But the thing <laughs> is, maybe we should all get some Rolls Royces then. That'd be perfect. But I know, but Randy and you uh, had a special connection because it didn't it happen. What, what band was it that Randy would come and see you play it? Stars, stars. Right away. It was during the very first tour, a couple of months in, we were playing Anaheim Stadium with uh, Leonard Skinner, Jeff Beck, Aerosmith, although Leonard Skinner, somebody got into a, one of their regular motorcycle accidents, so they had to cancel last minute. But um, it was a big, big lineup. It was great. It was one of the, it's one of the most memorable, memorable shows. Uh, and Randy was just this nice kid at the time, just, a, just nice an up and coming guitar player. I didn't meet him at the stadium, but two days later, Capitol ran some party for us over at the Santa Monica Pier, and it's all these people, and it was a big deal, and they spent a lot of money on that instead of the way they should have really been spending the money. But they spent money on this party, and this kid and his girlfriend come up to me, and they're telling me they're big Stars fans, and they got this flyer that says we're playing Don Kirshner's at the Aquarius Theater, and they're going to be there, and the kid's name is Randy. And like I said, I didn't know he was a guitar player, and he just said they love Stars. Then they showed up at the Aquarius, and that was like an eight-hour day with lots of breaks. So I hung out with him and his girlfriend, and he said the kid that was with him was his bass player, but it wasn't Randy. It wasn't Rudy Sarzo. It was some I, I don't know his, the kid's name. And so I got to know them, and Randy was a nice kid, and he told me he played guitar. And I said, oh, that's great. You know, and but he was really nice. Like he was just a, just a good kid. You know, he was probably uh, 19 at the time, I'm thinking. And, and then um, how, how did it come to be that you remain friends and how did it come to be at one point that uh, after the tragedy, you get this phone call? Well, we remained friends because every time we went to L.A., he was somehow backstage hanging with us, which was fine. I mean, I didn't put him on the, uh, the guest list. I don't know how he got there. I never asked him. But the last time I saw him, I didn't know his last name, you know, the very last time I saw him. Uh, I was taking off. We were playing the Starwood, which was the greatest rock club in the history of the United States uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, I believe it was, the Starwood. So I think we did three, four nights, something like that. And uh, the last night we're talking and um, he goes, quiet, riot. And he kind of had a rasp to his voice. And I mean, I guess he was, I don't know why he had that rasp that night. And he said, I said, what, what the hell does that mean? He goes, oh, that's my band. Oh, I said, okay, that's fantastic. Good luck with the band. I a car was coming to get me right at that moment. And I said, take care. Now that was, that was really very important that he said that to me because now I was not an Aussie fan when Aussie was in black Sabbath uh, because, and I want to explain, I don't want to offend anyone because people love black Sabbath. Of course, of course. I was listening to Led Zeppelin and deep purple and then Richie Blackmore and Jimmy page, incredible guitar playing. And when black Sabbath came up, well, I didn't hear any incredible guitar playing, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, the songs were okay, but I gravitated towards the great guitar players and listening to them. Okay, so I was not a fan. So uh, one day I'm listening to the radio, 1981, I guess it was, and I'm hearing uh, this Ozzy stuff. I'm thinking, geez, that sounds just like Ozzy, but the music's great. The guitar playing's great, right? So I buy the album. I buy the album, but I don't really know who the p- players are. I, didn't, I saw Tommy Aldrich, who I knew, 
uh, because he was in Pat Travers' band and Black Oak, who I toured with both of them, you know. So, but I, I didn't really pay attention to the other guys. I didn't really look at the pictures closely. I got both albums, thought they were great. And then the horrible tragedy happened and I saw, I was reading the newspaper and I said, oh my God, the kid died. And they said, Randy Rhodes, formerly of the band Quiet Ride. I went, oh no, it was yeah, Randy. Sort of That's when I realized. Together. Yeah. Wow. So then um, a few days, oh, it, was, it was a good two weeks later, I think, before they did the auditions and I got a call. Uh, they, you know, they knew that he was a big fan of stars and myself and thought it would be maybe a good fit. So they flew, they flew three people out there, Rudy Sarzo's brother, uh, Robert, uh, Bernie Torme and myself. And I was the first person to play with them. And when they were setting up the instruments and getting ready to play, they were all got, wow, I can't believe this is the first time we're getting on our instruments. And I thought, oh, these poor guys, I can't, I know how they must feel, you know? So I just jammed and we just jammed. We didn't play any songs for a while. And then we played, uh, we played some Aussie songs. Everything okay on your end over there? Everything's good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe the cat was coming to get you. No, my wife just came in and gave me the thumbs up. And then I gave her a thumbs up. And then she's like, why'd you give me a thumbs up? And it's like, I want to hear the story about Randy Rhodes, you know? So, well, so what happened was, uh, I, I really thought I was going to get the gig. I mean, I, I thought I played really well. And we, we all got along really well. And we played for quite a while. And then and you've pretty much gotten almost every audition that you've ever yeah. tried, you've tried out for. Well, so not why not? Audition, you know, yeah, this was heartbreaking. I quit music for a while after that. <laughs> I really did. But anyway, um, uh, I, Ozzy didn't show for the, for the auditions. Uh, he just, uh, they sent me home after about three days and said, okay, we picked somebody. I said, okay. So, uh, uh later my buddy jolly was on the tour the same guy i was telling you about same guy you talked about from from which means weed in vietnam see i love the way stories come around here (laughs) so he was the lighting director for ozzy and he called me he said listen the reason you didn't get is because ozzy said who had blonde hair any of them and my hair was pretty dark at the time and bernie had blonde hair and he said they took they took the blonde hair guy but then we didn't last and they got uh, word from um, somebody, a uh, famous guitar player. I can't think of, can't think of his name now. Uh, who knew Brad Gill? Uh, Brad, uh, what's his name? From uh, Brad Gillis. Brad Gillis from Night from Ranger. Night Ranger, yeah, yeah. And he got the gig. And you know, he got blasted by the fans, and he shouldn't have. He did a great job. You know? No, no, I, I still, like I said, I still play um, Crazy Train the way that he because he stylized it just a little bit different than randy and i can still play that version of it as well you know so that is kind of it is weird because we do have a lot of similarities with that here's a story that i never tell people and this is the first time i've I've told it on the podcast because this is like one of those auditions that didn't happen but you thought you did really good and the fact that you were so uh forthcoming with that i tried out for gnr uh, I tried out for Guns N' Roses around, like, right after the time when uh, the Chinese uh, democracy was coming out, oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and they were looking for another guitar player at one point. It was before DJ uh, Schlashba, and um, it was around that time. I've, my buddy, who um, who passed away from cancer, I, he was suffering of it. He was at stage four at that point. Oh. Joey Cesaro, he was in, you know, um, he, he was in New York. Yeah, he was he was he was like your your uh jolly, 
in a way. Yeah, he was a, he's one of those guys who's from Staten Island. His name's oh. Joey Cesaro, and, and 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 such a great guy, always just there at the shows, always yeah. supporting. And um, he when he heard that the GNR were doing auditions, he called me up. He says, "Rocks." you know, you got to do this. You got to do this. Cause I, I was in Sweden and I had not played with uh, Alice for a couple of years, but um, you know, it was right before I got back with Alice, you know, late two thousands. And um, he said, you got to come. And I go, I will go out there and audition Joey. If I can come and see you, I'm going to get the plane fight, but I'm going to stop over in Staten Island and spend a day uh, with you. And that and that was the last time I actually saw him. And and, and I went there, and then I I went to Staten Island. And one of the things was at that point, he asked me if I could uh, take some of. He goes, I want you to be on my level. So because he was at that point taking a lot of THC uh, for for his, for the pain, and so I took a THC pill. And I and you have to understand for this GNR audition. And I'm probably the same for you on doing any audition. You you research it. You you learn yeah. the songs. You would shed. You write cheat notes. You got it all in your head. Oh, yeah. But yeah. but it's just playing it, playing it. I had done that, but then I took the, one of his THC pills to get on the same level as him. And guess what? Everything went away. I forgot everything. I, I forgot how to play guitar. I sat in the room. It was the first time that THC had taken over my body. It was, so, so luckily, the next day before I was flying out to LA, I, it all came back to me, and I was, and I felt that I did a really good audition the next day. And then it was one of the same situations. Who got the Who got the gig? It was uh, DJ Ashba. Um, oh right, DJ Ashba. Yeah, and, and right after, and it was I think. There was another guitar player that was in the running, but I felt that I had done strong enough, but it was another one of the situations where Axel did not come down to the audition and, and where Ozzy didn't come down to yours. One thing I'm always proud of and, and I'm always gives me a lot of like, Hey, that's my boss is when I did the Alice Cooper audition in 96, he was right there in that room at mates. You know, he was right there with Bob Daisley yeah. and, and Eric Singer and that's and he was sitting that's right. right. Oh there. yeah, uh, Eric was in the band back then. Yeah. Oh that's yeah, great. that's 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 why I, you can't call him a genius. I know better. <laughs> <laughs> I go back there a long ways. Well, so so let me let me backtrack just a little bit um, because I want to talk about how those three bands because because from stories you led into the the, the band Fallen Angels and that led into your relationship with Bill Coyne. And then all of a sudden there's this fallen angels sort of morphs into stars, but all around the same time. And this is where I wanted to, to, to talk about these three bands to me sort of have a big, big impact of seventies rock to me. And they are stars for one, very influential. A lot of people think, uh, think it's one of the most, uh, uh, is essential bands to listen to kiss obviously we know and the band angel which is a very very similar type of logo is there yeah. some sort of correlation between fallen angel and angel or how do those three bands sort of intertwine well it's a small world you know it's a really small world so when i was in bungie you know that picture you saw of us with the tans I will put it back up again, you know, no. hold on. <laughs> Don't twerk People are, There they are. <laughs> it's, uh, it was the Coppertone commercial down there in, uh, in Schlitz. We were endorsed by Schlitz at the time. Uh, so 
that was the summer of 73. And we were all, the band was playing at the pier in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, I don't think we were getting paid. I think we were living on like garbage, you know, eating garbage or something to, you know, to, to, to live. But at any rate, so Stories comes to Ocean City, Maryland, they play and a group called Max opens up for them. And Max was Frank Domino of Angel and Barry Brandt, later of, both later of Angel. Okay, so then Bungie and Max play together a couple of gigs at the uh, at that pier, and we got to be really good friends. We're hanging around Ocean City, you know, twenty two years old, whatever, and drinking a lot of Schlitz and uh, hanging around on the boardwalk and stuff. We had a great getting, time, getting suntan, basically. Yeah, get a lot of sun, <laughs> and so so we we all become friends, and Still then we all like go our separate ways. And uh, I met some people who said. Come down. I, I quit Bungie at that point. Uh, we had gone up to Boston and we didn't get paid again. We just didn't get paid all summer wherever we went. I just said, I can't take it anymore, guys. Just drop me off in Teaneck at my parents' house. <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> and then um, my friends in Maryland asked me to come down and stay with them uh, and put this band together with them. So I went there and they put me up at this lady's house. She was a divorced lady with two kids. Uh, you know, I guess quite a bit older than us. And she had a house and had a spare bedroom and she was kind enough to put me up for, I stayed there for about three or four weeks. And one day her phone rang and I answered the phone and I said, uh, I figured, let me do her a favor. She's at work. The kids are at school. I'm hanging here doing nothing. Pick up the phone. So the lady's gone on the other end. It's, it's, it's this lady's best friend from high school. She's going, well, what are you doing there? I don't understand. I said, well, I'm putting a band together with so-and-so. And she knew everybody because she was from there. It was uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. And uh, so I tell her I'm a guitar player. She goes, but we talked for a while. And she was very yeah. nice. And uh, so she goes, well, so are you, are you a good guitar player? I said, oh, I'm pretty good. So she goes, you want to audition for the group Stories? I said, I just saw them like last month playing down here in Ocean City. She goes, well, my husband's their agent, Richard Halem. I can't remember the name of the agency now. CMA, C, I don't know. CTA. Everything, everything is connected. You know the name? Okay. Yeah. Richard no, Allen. I know. No. Yeah, I know the name. I know the name. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the agency. It was, yeah, it's not I can't remember these days. That was 100 years ago. But anyway, so she gives me his phone number and says, you tell him you just spoke to me and I recommended that you get an audition. I said, all right. So I called him up. He goes, okay, you're on for Monday. This was Friday. I was in Silver Spring, Maryland with no car. And, uh, Somehow I managed to get myself back, buy an album, learn a few songs. <laughs> I went into audition for stories that Monday. Uh, 17 of us and the two guys. Got they, the gig. Well, they narrowed it down to me and the guitar player from Max, Frank's band. Which is going to become Angel eventually. Y yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> was it, was, it wasn't Punky Meadows, was it? No, no, because uh, oh. Punky was in the Cherry People, who I auditioned for, by the way. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> when I was down I there for the cherry people, um, that was another story. So uh, um, it's not that I didn't get it. It's that I didn't want it. I didn't want, I left. I said, no, this isn't for me. And I just, okay. Yeah. It wasn't. So, I so, so you, so you could have, you could have done stories, but then, or. No, no I'm talking about the cherry people. Oh, the cherry people. Okay. Cherry okay. People. So now so, with so, stories, it was down to me and, and David, the guy's name was David, yeah. the other guitar player from, the guitar player from Max, Frank's old band. And uh, every day we would go, it was just the two of us. And for three or four days, we both went to the audition. They 
with having us each play songs. It was kind of getting a little weird. And I thought, you know, this is kind of weird. And and the other guitar, the old guitar player. Getting band, too competitive at one point. Yeah. And Steve yeah. Love was the guitar player. He quit. Right. But he was at the auditions and he was showing David all the parts. And it was a kind of a progressive rock band with one hit that was not progressive, Brother Louie. And it's like hard to learn this shit. And I'm thinking, I don't, I can't get this gig. This guy's getting all the inside stuff from Steve. And I'm just like a schmuck <laughs> over here just trying to learn. And then the fourth day or so, I guess it was up the fourth day, I get there. And I said, hey, where's David? They said, in Maryland, you got the gig. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So Kenny Aronson, great, the great Kenny Aronson was the bass player. Uh, Ian Lloyd, Brian Madej, and Ken Bichelle, great. Guys. You did have that hit song, right? You had that hit song with uh, the Louis song. With the what? The, well, that that was prior. See, the, that song okay. was number one. The guitar player quit right then, right when it went to number one, and uh, and that's when the auditions happened. So why was that? Why would he do that? He got Is offered this- to join a guy named Joe Bryath. Do you remember that? No, exactly. no, that's East Coast, Nobody baby. Remembers. Nobody okay. remembers Joe Bryath. He put two albums out on Electric. They. Uh, uh, Joe Bryath, uh, everybody in the band had to shave their head and their eyebrows uh, right away. Now, that would have been a signal for me not to join them. But um, uh, <laughs> not a deal joined, breaker for you. Yeah. 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 Not shaving my head and my eyebrows. <laughs> so <laughs> so he joined them and uh, he thought he was, you know, in for like the, the biggest band in the world. But they really bombed, unfortunately. Steve was a good guy. I got to be friendly with him because he stayed with the band and we had two guitar players for a while. And I would only play part of the set. Like I was at breaking in, you know, cause Steve didn't have to go off right away. And then I became the full guitar player. And the first gig we did when I was the full guitar player was opening for Alice Cooper in I don't know, Nashville, Louisville, one of those Memphis, I don't remember which city, one of those cities down there. That's killer. Right. Yeah. And Alice, wow. Alice was, that was probably my favorite band in 1973. This was 73. And, uh, I was like, I couldn't even believe we were opening up for Alice, you know, the original lineup. And uh, I was sitting there tuning my guitar in the backstage room and the door opened up. And who walks in in a white suit? Alice Cooper. That was like bigger, larger than life for me, you know. I, and I looked up and he goes, hi, I'm Alice. I said, I know you're my favorite band in the world. <laughs> and I said, my name's Richie. Oh, he goes, great to meet you. And then he walks over to each guy and everybody in the band came in, introduced themselves. I, I was like, I was in ecstasy. He probably had a Budweiser in his hand instead of a Schlitz. We did. We, we hung out at the, at the hotel <laughs> afterwards. I've been friends with all of them ever since. So, uh, yeah, Amazing. it was really a cool, cool gig. Uh, so, cool. so all this becomes, you know, eventually, you get in stars. You form stars. I still want to know how the Billicoin connection is with Kiss and Angel, Casablanca Records, and Stars. And of course, you know, the big question is. Because when I see Angel's logo and I see this logo. Here's Angel's logo. You don't have it? Well, you know what? If our producer was here, Vic Shalfmont, we love you, Vic. But I, I wish you were here right now because he would find that Angel logo. Everyone knows the Angel logo. If someone can put it up and give me a link to it on the on the chat. Um, the Stars logo and the Angel logo. Wait, are- you want me to go get an Angel logo? No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's one I, of those I'll things. I'll be back where- in 20 minutes. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> 20 minutes. 20 minutes i don't i don't have time you don't have time but the thing uh, is what now what what came first which logo came first i have no idea um i didn't know that they existed in 1975 when stars started i i lost touch with frank and barry you know i didn't know where they went 
they actually evidently went to uh, LA and then um, we uh, I joined I joined the Fallen Angels I, I auditioned there were 70 guitar players that auditioned they said I was like number 70 and uh, it was a fucked up audition man can I curse you can curse what you can do whatever oh, you want man, I got it I'm from New York and New Jersey that's all we did we invented the word douchebag here you understand <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's so, funny so, so, so you're you're in Fallen Angel, but then so but managed is that managed by Bill of Coin? Well, uh, what happened was they had evolved from the Looking Glass who had Brandy. You knew that, right? Of course not. I did not know that. Brand that song Brandy. I know that. Ryan, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. Yeah, so that's like the kid that will never quit. Fifty years ago, by the way, that was number one. What a great song. So the group slowly evolved. They changed singers. Michael E. Smith became the singer. They changed, they added a guitar player, Brendan Harkin. Uh, and now they were a five piece and they did a few more singles as the looking glass with that lineup. And it didn't, uh, didn't happen for them. So they thought maybe we'll change the name and change it to the fallen angels. They got a record contract. They went up to Canada with Jack Richardson, the great producer. Uh, who produced the Guess Who and a number of other bands. And uh, they did an album with them and they got signed to Arista and two singles came out and bombed. And the deal with, with Arista was if your singles don't hit, your album doesn't come out. So Sounds like Atlantic Records in the in, in the late 80s with, a, with yeah, Electric right. Angels, another band that yeah. had that Angels uh, moniker on it. Wow. That's what happened. So what happened was um, now they were free of the contract and... Uh, um, they met Sean Delaney somehow, who's uh, O'Coin's, he was O'Coin's uh, right-hand man, I guess you could call him, and was part of the whole O'Coin Kiss thing. And yeah. Kiss wasn't real big yet, you know, they just, I uh, think they only had the three albums out at that point. And um, they, Sean said, we're looking for another band, let me come hear you play. And he said, yeah, you guys are great, you guys are great. And then he said, you need another guitar player. And that's how they, why they auditioned. He said, you need two guitar players. So yeah, I so could tell you the story, it. but then I won't. Then there'd be no reason for the rockumentary, so I don't know if I should tell you this one. Well, that is the big news that we are going to drop right now. Is the rockumentary? I mean, I love all these old stories, and I know that your time is limited, but I would love to just sit here one day and just shoot the shit from you know. We could we could talk all the way the evolution of stars and how it became uh, to be because it did happen very quickly for you guys it seems to me that like like right around that set in 1975 you guys form and then by 76 70 it's 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 all popping right yeah june 76 the album came out um yeah it was uh and we did great i mean uh if we had an east coast record company i felt we would have done a lot better you know we, we had a west coast record company we were an east coast band um we got signed by Capitol in January, and by the time the album came out, the head of the label and the whole, like a lot of people left. and a Changed, whole yeah. Came in Classic they story. Give, they really didn't give two shits yeah. about it. And Classic band liked, getting Bendo for story. They only liked pop music, and I, I when we went out there and we met them, it was like, I said, how could you not release Detroit Girls and make it a hit? I said to the the, the 45 guy, the guy who ran it. The singles. Oh, wait, 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 wait. there's already two rock songs that it hits right now. We we can't put a song like that out. I was like, I was like, oh god, this label sucks. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I mean, the guys out in the field were nice for the most part. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm talking about. The guys around the country. Yeah. The payola but, guys, the guys, the guys, the, the radio promotion guys. The guys that help that, you out. The guys that filled the container with cocaine for the PD, the program director. <laughs> but, that, is a re- that is a real thing, payola back in, in, thing, the, yeah. in, those, in the 70s. And it did yeah. happen. But I mean, the band, I mean, you guys got to work again with the great Jack Douglas, who had done all the Aerosmith albums as well. So, I mean, everything was kicking. Um, but then you have that classic story of, of, of record label changing guard, changing yeah. the guard. You know, you needed, a lot a, of that stuff happens. you needed a hit record. You needed a hit 45, and they just couldn't. I mean, Cherry Baby was, you know, top 40, but you just had to go like a few notches up, and they yeah. couldn't seem to fill up that jar, you know, with the Coke. But that fucking logo. Amy likes my sunglasses. That that fuck, of course, man. Well, dude. If I don't have the sunglasses on, I can't see the prescription. (laughs) I I have to go like this with my poker. Do do your sunglasses do that? (laughs) That's nice. I like that. That's Click Gear. That's one of our sponsors here. But again, I want to get back to this logo, dude. Who designed it and why is it so damn influential why i mean there, i still see shirts around when it's not just kip smith wearing the shirt it's not just me i'll just be at any rando uh alice cooper show and i will see a star shirt how do i get this which logo is out there oh it's this one this is yeah, the one right that's coming out from outer space um so well sean said you need a new name this fallen angels doesn't work there's a new group called angel he said to us, which at that point, I still didn't know that was Frank and Barry. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know that was Max. <laughs> right. So uh, we were, we just couldn't come up with anything. And he said, how about stars? I, I, I remember I said, I hate that name. That's awful. And he said, how about with a Z? I said, oh, well, I don't know. I don't remember. What, I think we all kind of felt the same way. Maybe. I don't know. We just kind of forgot about it. And then he went to Dennis Wolock. Um Dennis was the guy who was designing the album covers for Kiss and was an in-house art guy for Bill O'Coin's Rocksteady Management, it was called at the time. And uh, he went to Dennis and Dennis said, oh, I got a great artist. Uh, what the heck is his name? Uh, I should okay. be able to Don't worry about it. He, he designed the Zardos. Remember the movie Zardos with Sean Connery? See, Z- again, Z- our producer would have that complete you know he would have that movie bill right up there uh, yeah. and someone right. said what, what was that comment that Fedor you just put up striper uh ripped ripped off the uh stars not or something yeah i think striper yeah i can see a little bit of striper they, striper gave a influence. nod i don't know what that means exactly well but. the band striper they they've they've always been you know they've used that yellow and black oh, yeah, for a true. while yeah. and you know but but so so what happens with with this art director? He, does so, he is he the one that makes so he it. Gets, he gets this guy who designed that logo. Famous, it was a famous artist, a great artist, and he designed that logo. And then one day, Sean came to a rehearsal, and he had a little tiny version of the logo about like that big, and on a, it was on a Xerox copy. So that's what they because only Xerox made copy machines <laughs> back then. And he said, "What do you guys think of that?" And we all went. That's it. That's fantastic. And that's how we became stars with a Z. There it is. And, <laughs> and, and that's that logo to this day, man. And and is, is it one of those things that the logo itself is owned by anybody? Or if I you, own guys, it. you own it now. No, I I'm, well, just no. say you know what? If you say it enough times, you will. 
<laughs> right. I think it's okay. six times, <laughs> three times a day, every day. No, uh, you know, we own it. It's our band. It's, you know, I don't know how you own a logo, but. Yeah. Well, it's it's important because, you know, it's all over the place. And yeah. what's going to be all over the place in just um, I, in the future, I can't drop a date, folks, at all. But uh, the big news is Stars has a rockumentary uh, coming out sometime. In the works. Yeah, is it it's is it right now? How far in development is it? Early. Okay. They put uh they put the uh trailer together like a teaser kind of thing, and we're sending that to I sent you that uh this this week, and we want <laughs> that's that's my very good friend who's a lawyer and he's helped us out with that logo. Oh, Howie that's Gordon. Howie Gordon, baby. I know how of yeah, course, he's, man. He's great man. He helped us out. Warner stole our logo for a, a best of album and uh and you got it back in uk no they just gave us some money for it okay you know, they had to give us money and that was thanks to uh, howie helping us out so uh with a rockumentary have any stars music well it's about stars so uh, i don't think it'll have like any angel music for example i think we'd have stars <laughs> it's gonna that. have all stars music I and think that's will, what it would be. now will will it go through the whole time uh chronological chronologically of stars from and and basically up till today because you are still touring with stars yeah um and will there be maybe the question should be posed will there be any new music that accompanies the rockumentary well this is uh we don't know you know (laughs) we don't know i know you're being hush hush but i but i feel that 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 this uh trailer because um I was able to see the trailer. I really liked it. I'm not going to show it on this. If people want to go down that rabbit hole, they can find it. Um, We used used that little segment that you and I did in it. Oh, they used it. I didn't have anything to do with putting that together. They, this video company did it. And uh, we, we we would have to get permission from you actually to use that if they were going to use it in the show. I'm giving you permission right now on this podcast. (laughs) You, Richie, as long as you promise that you'll come back again and we can talk some more. Cause I, I you know, cause I want to talk more about the bands, but I want to get into equipment as well. And, I, and through all this other stuff, trying to be producer today, because I know that Vic Chalfont is not with us today. Vic, we miss you very much, buddy, but uh, I'm trying to be a little bit of a Jack of all trades right now. Um, but I will play a quick, quick ad and I'll come back with a couple of, um, a couple of technical questions about, you know, guitar gear and stuff like oh, that. Wait, you see that What's guitar up? right behind your head? Is mm-hmm. I have that exact Les Paul with the natural wood on the front. Uh, is that a set? Mine's a seventy-two. Okay, but I want to talk to you about that because you didn't, you weren't always a Gibson guy, and I'm still looking at on the internet pictures with you with a double neck, and I'm oh, looking yeah. at and, and and you and I have always talked about Les Pauls. You've always commented on my Les Pauls, and now we have a new guitar company in sort of common, which is Rock and Roll Relics. But yep. you started out a Strat guy, so I, I so when I come back, I'm going to talk about when did was that transition from being a Strat guy to a to a Les Paul guy, or no. are you a little bit of each still? Are you still a little um, bit of each? Okay, well, when are we going to do that? After the break? I'm going to do this right after this quick break, and okay. right now, folks, I'm going to give us a little bit of System 12, because you're thinking about learning guitar. Why not I am learn thinking, from yes. the best? Well, you got it already, my friend. <laughs> but check it out. If you're listening to us right now, why not check out the System 12? Here we go, folks. Hello, Ryan Roxy here from the Alice Cooper Band, and I'd like to talk a little bit about one of my favorite things 
playing guitar. Here at the RGA headquarters, which stands for Roxy Guitar Army, by the way, we put together a guitar learning system that will get you playing and understanding the guitar faster than any other teaching program out there. We call it the System 12 Guitar Method. It's designed to make the most out of your time, your effort, and your passion for learning guitar. By combining new school technology, old school mentoring, and the number 12, we have invented a new way to teach guitar. And over the past year, we have helped so many people who wanted to start or continue their guitar journey do exactly that. Now, we'd like to help you. There's never been a better time to start learning guitar than right now. If you think it's too hard, the System 12 makes it easy. If you think it'll take too much time, the System 12 will have you playing in 12 weeks. And if you think it's too expensive, the entire System 12 costs less than what one private guitar lesson would cost you at your local music store. Check out the official site or the links below in the description of this video to join the RGA and get started on your guitar journey with the System 12 guitar method. Now, let's get back into the trenches for some more rock and roll. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the ride. Mwah! That's it. Welcome back to In the Trenches. Uh, I am your host, Ryan Roxy. Uh, we are here with Richie Rano, uh, guitarist extraordinaire of the band Stars. There he is right there in all his rock star glory. Um, thank you very much for hanging out with us. I'm going to, you know, this is always happens, Richie. I get into a conversation with a guest. We start talking about the old school. I have all these great questions that are quick, you know, bam, bam, bam questions. But then we start talking about the history and I get into that and I'm starting listening. And then before you know it, we're already at that hour point. So um, if you can hang out with us for a couple more minutes, I will try and be brief. But uh, the thing I wanted to talk about, because we're both guitarists, did you get that angel logo? What, or what is this? No. Yeah, this is, you, even though I wasn't, is, I wasn't, I uh, wasn't, in the band when they recorded oh brother Lou. Hold on. I'm gonna put you I'm gonna put you on here. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to get a spot where it's not reflecting. Yeah. Oh man. Is, is that stories? Oh, there it goes. There it there is. goes. I love it. So there is a 45 picture sleeve with me in the picture. And it came out in 1976 in Germany a few years later as a as a um 45. Disco single. I don't know what that means, but it's just the same song and stuff. In the <laughs> well, hey, equipment, equipment, equipment. I want to get into it, man, because uh, all the earlier shots, um, I'm seeing you with a strat. I'm seeing you. I'm well. I'm seeing you with open chest uh, suntan. I'm seeing you here with Ace Frehley. Oh, that's a couple years later. Um, again, I'm seeing you with a uh, you know you and your buds with a heavy, heavy tan. But I want to know. When did that switch happen from Strat to Gibson's, or is you still a Strat guy? No, it never happened. It never happened. So what happened was I bought that exact Les Paul that's right behind your head. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. is that brown? On is the back of it dark? Yes, it is. Yes, it's, 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 mine's the same way. And I got Les to sign because you know Les was a local guy here in, in Jersey, like a few minutes from me, and uh, I used to play with his son, and I, I got to know him, and he signed the my Les Paul. The Les Paul, he signed my uh, pit guard, you know. But um, I, so I bought that guitar in late 73, and I've started playing it with stories because Steve Love played a, um, a Gibson, a Les Paul, and you could bend Les Pauls easier than you could bend Strats, and he was a big bender guy, you know. So I bought it, and next thing I know, I bought that white Strat, and I put that Les Paul away forever. I never played it again. It's still it's upstairs somewhere buried in, in, in my guitar collection. So you're a Strat guy. 
Yes. So I'm all always. I started off in a Strat, and I've and that white Strat was a later thing. I started off in the '60s with a Sunburst Strat, which I still have too. So uh, sorry, Kerry, but I have to disagree with you. <laughs> so what, what about if both of us play rock and roll relics because you know what right uh i mean you were talking about you i saw you doing the promo you were wearing a rock and roll relics shirt and if anyone is not familiar with the rock and roll relics there you go right there that is basically us on tour this last uh leg and that's the guitar that uh rock and roll relics made called the roxy revenge and basically it's uh that's the revenge model and our good friend mutual friend billy Rowe, who also plays in the band buck cherry is the owner of rock and roll relics he makes those great ones so have you you know are you open to playing something different than a strap yeah, are you, yeah you there? i play a double neck uh sg and also i do play an sg regular red sg i love uh i i my favorite gibson guitar is the sg and uh and i played have a, by tony uh, iomi the band that you hated i didn't hate them i didn't <laughs> like them that much <laughs> you disparaged the name of tony I, no, I, there's i understand there's certain guitar players that you can never talk bad about there's certain bands you can never talk you know yeah. about or, or if you say anything at all then it but you are right because i i feel that maybe the guitar playing you're listening to richie blackmore strat player by the way Richie's. and yeah you you're listening to all these uh, you know, really great lead players, but whereas right. Iomi, he really shines in the riffs. He's yeah, he does. He, he wrote great you know, riffs. I'm not denying that. I just it just didn't it didn't catch me as a young guy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's. I, got it. I love well, Black Sabbath. You know what I like about um, you know what I like about uh, this thing with let the people speak is uh, we we brought up Kip Smith a little bit earlier. Um, and we're talking about guitars right now. Um, one of the questions that he wanted to ask or sort of uh, get into, and I think I think if I can follow it, uh, he you have a story where you compare the guitar neck to a city neighborhood, and knowing all your neighbors is important, but knowing what neighbors get along and which ones don't is important when making chords. So what, and, and that's let the people speak. I, I'm not going to play the animation folks. Cause we are, you know, that's way too technical for me without our producer Vic here. Um, but what does that actually mean? You're asking me? Yes. Well, you know, you well, look Kip's at asking you and I'm asking you through Kip. Well, when you look at a keyboard, it's really easy. All the white keys are the, uh, you know, keys, keys C, you know, no sharps and flats. And the black keys are all the sharps and flats. So you know that when you look at a keyboard, I have one right in front of me right here. Guitar is like, you can't even figure out what it is. It's just, um, it's like the Wild West. It's a, a roadmap without names. <laughs> and you have to learn all that stuff. And you have to find out what works with it, with other notes in there. And it's a, it takes some time to do that. You know that because you've been playing. Uh, you've been playing probably f close to 50 years, right? Pretty much, yeah. Well, I'm 56, so it's, I've been playing since, yeah, I guess you could say so. I mean, I had it uh, on the couch when I was that young, you know. When did you When did you pick it up? Did you pick it up in single digits? 64. Uh, no, I was 14. I don't okay. even, don't forget, I was a clarinetist. I know, you, we, we were not, we'll never forget the clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> I learned how to read music, though, which was good uh, from the clarinet. So when I learned the guitar, I learned to read music really quick because... 
I already knew how to read. All I had to do was figure out how where they were on the neck. You know, that took a few seconds. And, um, but you say I, knowing I, knowing your knowing your neighbors is important, but but knowing your neighbors get along. Which notes don't get along when you're playing on the on the guitar neck? Do you feel? <laughs> I can't do that lesson right now, but <laughs> make sure to hit the button to subscribe though. While you're yes, on. thank you very much. Oh, That's you know a good I out. I want to get this out now because. I get all these friend requests on Facebook and I can't accept them because I'm only allowed to have 5,000 as a personal page. And so I don't want anyone to feel, think that I'm dissing them in any way because I get, I got so many requests. I got thousands of requests and I, I don't, like, there's nothing I can do about it. Richie so, Mano, you know what you can do? You can get on a whole fucking new type of platform called Instagram, which I'm is still that. not new at all. It's definitely for old schoolers. But Instagram will allow you to have as many as you want. We have 109,000 followers. Thank you very much. Good people. I know, I know. And, and, you know, it doesn't put a cap on it. But right. that being said... The Richie Rano, and and if you want to go on YouTube again, hit that subscribe button for us. Thank you very much. This uh, ticker is bothering me a little bit, but the best way to get in touch with Richie Rano um, to follow this in you know your information to follow this documentary that is coming out. Um, what is the best way for people to you know follow you? Well, there's a website. It's not the greatest website. It's getting old now, but it's StarsCentral.com, and. Uh, Spelled with me, of course, and then uh, there there is a Stars Band page on Facebook, which I guess doesn't have a limit. It's called just Stars the Band, as opposed to the stupid fucking TV network. That's very confusing. Dude, didn't have they ever come after you? No, they they ever come after them. You should go (laughs) after them. Way after. Listen, they confused. It is confusing because it's an entertainment thing. People will like my my phone number, my home phone number, which I don't really answer, is on the internet site, the Star Central site, and people will call me and say, "Hey, I really like that show. Like, what's the deal?" And I go, "What are you talking about?" And then you know, you cancel that show. I said, "Wait a second, wait a second. Are you a moron?" I said, "You're looking at the Star Central website. Is there anything there that that indicates a TV station?" I get I get really aggravated with these people. Well, we are pulling you as solid right now because Federica, um, who who helps us out with in the trenches with all our, uh, you know, social media stuff, yeah. she's putting all your links down in the uh, description right now as we oh. speak. So, if Thank you, you. want to find out anything more about Richie Rano and the band Stars, just go check out the links that we have in the trenches a little bit below. And if you are supporting uh, the podcast, well, thank you so much. You know how much we love you. Every single week, we have a very, very special, um, you know, fan of the week, we call it. And I'm looking for the fan of the week. Uh, Here we go. Watch this, Richie. We got professional shit. That would mean this this week's fan of the week, which I wasn't able to say last week, for two weeks running, Sandra Ozies, very much. Hey, what happened there? I put it on there. Did you put it off, Federica? Come on now. Um, thank you very much, Sandra. You are our fan of the week. If you'd like to uh, be fan of the week, all you have to do is support the podcast and follow Richie. Try and follow him. Go through the. Re- I want the big baby head. Dude, you're gonna have the big baby head. We're gonna get you the big baby head. We just need to get you inside the bubble. 
That's the whole problem is getting you inside the bubble, buddy. What What is happening with stars? Because I know that this whole rockumentary thing that you guys put together, it was a show that you guys did um, basically uh, in October of 2021. You made an announcement at a concert performance at Alpha Wave Studios in New Jersey, um, and it was filmed. You know, part of it was filmed for this rockumentary. Do you have upcoming shows right now? that are geared towards that or what's the plan now there's nothing in the works for gigs right now that was actually the gig was just a gig it wasn't meant for any rockumentary but it was just meant we were just doing a live thing and we had a bunch of people there and we had and they have a beautiful video studio so we did the we did a full video with audio and everything it was really done well and then the guys who run the studio said they kept researching stars and they said you know what this is this is got, this is much bigger than you guys doing a video. We need to do a rockumentary on you. So that's that's how that came about. Uh, oh, so that's why we haven't released anything from it. Um, the lineup was a bit different because there are a couple of guys there, you know, uh, are unable to do it right now. You know, but so, you're playing uh, gigs. You're, you're playing gigs yourself, right? You got some gigs and you lined up yourself. I'm playing tonight in uh, a town called Hawthorne, New Jersey, with my trio. <laughs> Actually, the drummer Not was funky. <laughs> Not funky, no. This is called Richie Rano's All Stars. We've been doing it for over twenty years. George, George Deanna is the bass player who's also in Stars for the last since we reunited in two thousand three, and uh, we do a trio rock thing, you know. And uh, yeah, we're playing in Proof One Forty Two in Hawthorne tonight. How's Alex doing? Is Alex Kane? I Alex just is in him. Arizona. Yeah, I just saw him in L.A. I just saw him uh, last oh. week in L.A. He was oh, he was at the Viper Room. Yeah, um, it was one of the last one of the last shows I think that's going to be open at the Viper Room because you know they're um, they're they say they're tearing that place down and going to build a, a hotel or something like that. Oh, really? So I, I was able to go down there and check that out amongst going to uh, you know Johnny Depp's house as well as I told you before, and then going to uh, see Comedy Store to watch right. Dave Chappelle and I was at Amber Heard's house uh, <laughs> that's that's what you were saying you were saying everything's so topical <laughs> one of these things is true and it's everything that I'm saying but at the same time you gonna trust the guy with glasses we both got glasses we both got glasses you guys with glasses that's true I'm you know what I'm trying to I'm trying to look at all my great questions and you know what they're all great. So that means I'm just going to have to have you come on one time later on this, uh, you know, in the future. And we'll just shoot the shit more uh, next time. But right. uh, but before I go, um, is there anything else besides music that interests you? What do you do? Uh, your... No, not really. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's no, fine, too. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into all kinds of stuff. I, I love baseball. Baseball is my big, uh, my favorite thing other than music. and MLB? And I, yeah, Major League Baseball, Yankees. Yankees guy. Okay. Yankees, you know, I was from, born in the Bronx, and that's where they play. Um, yeah, all six years. Come on, man. <laughs> it just no, seems like the – hey, you know what? My, all my relatives, all my uncles and stuff, you know, they were all baseball fans. They were all Yankee fans, you know, my father. Well, they have a good logo, too. The Yankees logo is almost as good as the Stars logo. Definitely. It's good. I'll give you that. And uh, so you got – I got I got NFL. So you're in the MLB. I'm in the NFL. Yeah, no, I'm not into football. No, I mean I don't dislike it. If the Giants are doing well, I'll get more into it. But they've been doing poorly for a few years, so I really. If lost the Giants it. are doing well. When was the last time that that was? Actually That's why spoken? I haven't been into football for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a fair weather fan. What can I, I say? It. 
Yeah. I always uh, I always say to people, uh, enjoy the ride when we leave the uh, podcast. It's sort of my sort of credo, my motto. Uh, do you have anything similar that you live by, or do you have any sort of advice that you go by that has uh, sort of helped you that you can give on to our listeners? That helped me? Advice that helped me? Yeah. <laughs> Not advice that hurts you, Richie. Well, I think, you know, when it came to the music business, most people said, become a lawyer that would have been the, the right thing to have listened to <laughs> no listen you know when uh i i just that is your phone and that is eric singer calling you i know it is it's my phone it has to be it ain't mine who has that who has that ringtone that, you know, that, that's, yes, that's like a standard ringtone right i'm telling you oh no we lost richie richie it's okay eric singer will call Hold back on. Hold on. He always does. He Let's see call back. He's all, you know what I'll do while you're while you're sit there taking that phone call. I'm gonna just introduce who our guest will be next week on In the Trenches, folks. It'll be none other than. Oh my God! Get, there it is, Gunner oh, Nelson. Oh, Gunner Nelson. Yeah, Gunner Nelson is gonna be our guest on In the Trenches, and oh, you know man. what? We're also gonna have our producer back. Wait, <laughs> you have me again? I'm going. You know what? I, I love those guys. And, you know, Ricky Nelson, he was born in the hospital uh, that I, I live two, two blocks away from in Teaneck. And I'm a huge Ricky Nelson fan. And I heard they're out there playing Ricky Nelson's songs when they tour. I think that's so great. And uh, I'll make sure I, and I ask him about that. I miss them. Yeah, I miss them when they came by because I had a gig the same night. But I, I want to get up and play a couple of songs. With them. I'm into that shit. That's my favorite stuff. I swear to you, that rockabilly, Ricky Nelson, like old rock and roll rockabilly stuff. I love that stuff. Is, um, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, what is because because stars has such a, a spectrum of rock sort of, you know, Sort yeah. of flavors to it you, you know some consider it a little bit pop some consider it just straight ahead rock and roll a lot of people say it's, it's, it's guitar driven obviously it is guitar driven what like what do you have a bunch of different styles of music or has it always yeah. been ricky nelson's you know <laughs> no i i'm you know i went from like ricky nelson to the beatles you know uh, to, to the ventures loving all that stuff and animals all those english groups and then, you know like cream really is probably my favorite all-time band you you know uh early cream stuff and um well there is only early cream because they didn't last long and then early led zeppelin i'm tremendous like i saw them three times in 69 and you know i love all kinds of music so i i play an albert lee guitar actually for the last 10 years the albert lee music man aha uh -huh. Well, hopefully it'll change with a little bit of rock and roll relics. Um, I'll, I'll make a call into Billy after this one. Yeah, I'll hook listen, up. Billy and I've been friends for many, many years. You too, probably, right? Yeah, Billy, Billy and I, uh, we just finished a tour with Alice, uh, yep. with with Buck Cherry and Alice Cooper, and him and I would sit back and talk because we're both from Northern California. We'd sit back and talk Northern California rock bands, um, pretty much up until the point where they would go on stage and after it would, then we, then we'd pick up the conversation afterwards as well. Yeah. So he's just a good guy. He's from, he's, you know, I don't know if you remember jet boy uh, yeah. from the eighties as well. So his, his band jet boy is doing great as well. So, yeah. you know, I'm glad that to see that we're all rock and roll survivors as well as you are uh, Richie Rano. It's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time. I can't Thanks thank you enough. Me. And uh, yeah. I'll have I will have you on again. I know there's some people late to the party. I'm glad you could make it, Rihanna. Um, get a lawyer is what, you know, 
Richie says. No, my advice, anybody asks for advice, they tell them just you have to live it. You want to be a musician? Live it every day. Don't don't go to I don't want to say don't do anything like don't go to college or anything like that, but you really, you know, if you're a musician, be a musician, live it because it's your only chance, especially when you're young, and just keep going and keep going and just live it. Maybe something will happen, but it's the, the worst business you could possibly be in. It's not a business and don't approach it that way because it's really, it's a, a bad business, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while you are living it, and this is what I'll go out on. Thank you again, Richie. Hang out for one second while we say goodbye to everybody else. We will see you next week uh, with, again, Mr. <laughs> Gunnar Nelson will be Gunner, on. Say hi to him for me. I definitely will. And uh, congratulations again to Sandra, our fan of the week. And everybody, while you're busy living it, I want to make sure that you enjoy the ride. And until next week, folks, uh, stay in the trenches. And again, enjoy the ride. Have a good one, folks. See you later. And Vic, come back. Thank you very much, Federock. We'll see you later. Thanks, Richie. Thank see ya. Thanks. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello. Moby, give him his guitars back.